the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, as the 2022 election unfolds, we hear from House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy. So it's a very strong campaign, but it's a really big contrast in the future and direction of this and the close races that will set the narrative of election night. California's Mike Garcia. You know, when you win by 333 votes like I did, that your your vote does matter. And Senate contests to watch. Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Stores are moving out of Philadelphia. Chains are departing. Suburbanites don't go into the city for dinner anymore because it's too dangerous. No, you're right. It's destroying us. And Blake Masters in Arizona. They're going to want to vote for a change here in November. That's what I'm seeing on the ground every single day. We've got all this and more. I'm Mark Davison for Hugh Hewitt. It's great to be with you. Catch my program each weekday morning live 7 to 10 a.m. Central on 660 a.m. The Answer in Dallas-Fort Worth or wherever you happen to be online at 660amtheanswer.com. My home station also easy to get on your handheld device through the TuneIn Radio app. So take a moment to follow us on Twitter at Town Hall Review. And while you're there, follow me as well at Mark, M-A-R-K, Mark Davis. As we look at the 2022 election, let's begin with a look at the House of Representatives. A bit of history is in order. When Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump in his effort to win a second term, in the Senate, it was a net gain of three for the Democrats. But in the House, Republicans gained 12 seats. Now, that was not enough to give him a majority, but it was a significant gain in a cycle where Joe Biden became president and Republicans actually lost control of the Senate. So a big part of that was quality candidate recruitment in the House by the GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, who was a guest on The Hugh Hewitt Show. With Hugh out on Salem's Battleground Tour, Morgan Ortega's former State Department spokeswoman was sitting in. How many seats are you going to take it by? Well, you know, it is a battle. No, no, no majority is given to you. They are earned. Right now, I like where the polls are going. But remember, Nancy Pelosi says they're going to maintain the House. They're going to actually grow the majority. And I remember all the pundits in the last election, they all said we'd lose 15 seats, but we ended up beating 15 Democrats. So I take nothing for granted. But there's a lot of places out there you should really be looking. New York looks really good. And a lot of that is to do with what the Democrats have done when it comes to crime. And one of those who has helped bring more crime to New York is the chair of the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee, the DCCC, Sean Patrick Maloney, he supports a, a no bail, no cash bail, which is just letting these criminals out. And we have Mike Lawler, an assemblyman there. And this is a really close race. We just invested more money into that race. But you can go to Connecticut, places that you didn't think Republicans have been. George Logan. You can go to Rhode Island. Alan Fung. You come out to Oregon. Lauren Chavez Dreamer is running a, an amazing race. You got Washington State. You got California still has some pickups. So I really like where we are right now because when you think about this, what have the Democrats done when they control all? They brought us inflation. They brought us crime. They opened the borders. Now we have fentanyl uh, killing our young children. Um, 
They just want to see who has a plan to change all that. Morgan, as you know, in the commitment to America, we make America energy independent. So we are no longer dependent on what Saudi Arabia or Russia says. We make sure that we bring inflation down, take away this runaway spending in Washington. We secure our borders. We don't defund the police. We actually fund the police. So it's a very strong campaign, but it's a really big contrast in the future and direction of this country. Well, I can't wait. Listen, I think the commitment to America is just such an important agenda. You say Nancy Pelosi said that they're going to keep the majority. If I had to bet money, I think she's planning her wardrobe in Rome when she tries to be the next ambassador right now. You know, Kevin, one of the things that you have done that is so impressive um, is the number of women um, and, and people of color that you have recruited and women of color that you have recruited to run around the country. And I took a lot of your House candidates to the border in August. It was really hot next to I'm going to choose a different month to go to the border. Um, But I have been so impressed with women like Jennifer Ruth Green in Indiana One, Myra Flores, Cassie Garcia. Tell me, how did you get so many amazing women uh, in this cycle to run for office? You know, I give them all the credit that they're willing. They they watched a country change before their eyes, and they said they would do nothing. I try to encourage them. I try to help them engage even in primaries to help them. Just yesterday, I was with a couple of those stars that I think one was with you, Jen Kiggins in Virginia. She's great. A Navy helicopter veteran. Her husband flies flew F 18. She's a nurse practitioner. She's a state senator. She is so impressive. And Leslie Vega last night I was with as well. Here she would be um, the first El Salvadorian elected to Congress. But you look at Myra Flores you talked about, first Mexican-born woman ever elected to Congress in a seat that's 84% Hispanic that Republicans haven't had in 100 years. She's got a stronger message. Then you look at Monica de la Cruz, Kathy right there. We could actually have, not beforehand, we'd never elected a Republican Latina from Texas, But Alex 3, this trio is just amazing and so strong. But you brought up Jennifer Ruth Green. I was just with her last week, an Air Force Academy graduate, just impressive. Democrats didn't even think this seat was competitive. She is in the game in Indiana and just really the future of what you're looking at. And, and the Democrats are, they are losing their mind over Jennifer Ruth Green. Um, uh, number one, because I think they're going to lose that seat. And also, Jennifer is the future of the Republican Party. Uh, she's a black woman, Republican, lawyer, 20 years in the military, strong national security conservative. I mean, every time I'm around Jennifer, I, I just get so excited. And then just so our audience knows as well, I will be in Florida next weekend on October 29th, helping two more women rock stars that Kevin has recruited. Anna, Paulina, Luna, and Laurel Lee, both are going to be new uh, female Republican. Uh, Not that it matters that they're women. I just love it. I'm so excited for all the women that we have in the Congress. Um, I have to ask you, uh, Kevin, whenever you are in this new Congress, tell me, uh, what are the the top two, maybe three things um, that you, the bills that you're going to bring to the table, the oversight, investigations, what can we anticipate from you in the new Congress? Well, we, we really put it into four pillars. You know, we start with an economy that's strong. That means tackling inflation. The one way you do that, you take the runaway spending. You take away where the Democrats have gone after the work ethic in America, where they pay you more to stay home than go to work. We make it energy independent. That helps bring inflation down and then make America stronger. The next pillar we look at is a nation that is safe. You secure the border. You you don't defund the police. You fund them. You make sure these woke 
prosecutors are upholding all the laws. You make sure you have a, a strong military. Then you go into a future that's built on freedom, right? A parent's bill of rights. You, you make sure the parents have a say in their kids' education. Then we have a whole pillar when it comes to a government that's accountable. That's like what happened in Afghanistan those last two months? How did Biden create 13 right. more gold star families? We've got to make sure that never happens again. The DOJ going after parents and calling terrorists. Where's the origin of COVID actually started? And, you know, on the very first day, we're going to introduce one bill and pass it, and that's going to be repealing 87,000 IRS agents. Well, thank God for that. Listen, I'm so glad you brought up COVID and China. Uh, I was at the State Department, Kevin, as you know, um, when we watched all of this unfold. And Mike Pompeo and I knew that the Chinese Communist Party was hiding something. And, and what our listeners may not know is that we still don't know the true origins of COVID because they destroyed the live virus samples. They destroyed any evidence. They're not allowing indiv- independent investigators um, or scientists in. And we can't let them get away with it, Kevin McCarthy. We're not going to. And, you know, the other thing we're going to do, Morgan, and I, I just appreciate all the work you and Mike Pompeo did at the State Department and continue to do. We're going to create a select committee on China. As China oh, goes about it. trying to control different parts of industry. So there, so we are, one, beholden to them or they have uh, we have dependency on them. We do not want to see that happen. So we're going to have a committee that looks at all that, puts America on a different path we are able to make sure the next century is ours. You know, we had energy independence under President Trump. How do we force them back into the energy independence that we had under the Trump administration? Well, that, that's putting the whole country at risk. A strategic patrol reserve was designed for an emergency time period. He's using it trying to manipulate an election. He has just jeopardized the American people. So we're going to have to safeguard that, that you cannot use that for your political gain. It would be used what it's supposed to. But we also have to go back and build what we need in America. And that's exactly what we're going to do to become energy independent. Kevin McCarthy, more than likely the next Speaker of the House, right? The question for him is how many seats will Republicans pick up and what will his majority be? If it's a big pickup... It'll be because some of the close races went to the Republicans, like Mike Garcia representing the Santa Clarita area, northeast of Los Angeles. He won in overtime by 333 votes last cycle, and he has momentum now. He was a guest of Jennifer Horn and Grant Stinchfield on the Morning Answer Team, AM 870, The Answer, in Los Angeles. You know, it's kind of ironic. They, the, the same day the, uh, the, that Nancy Pelosi announced that they're canceling the, the, the broadcast advertising buys in Los Angeles, uh, you know, Biden comes to, to fundraise in, in Los Angeles. So that, that was probably an awkward conversation with a lot of donors going, hey, wait, you're canceling all the ads for uh, L.A. candidates and contested races, but you want my money. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, all of our Democrat opponents should have Biden come to their town. I think it's uh, good for Republicans. Uh, he's, he's, he's one of the strongest tailwinds we have right now at the national level. Why do you think it is they canceled ads here? I mean, look, these Jessica are tight races. talked about this yesterday. Jessica Patterson brought this up, that they were pulling ads. It's got to be good, right? And sorry to jump on you. Yeah, they're, they're, they're seeing the same data that we are. And, and uh, you know, obviously the, the, the candidates in the L.A. area are trailing. And, and in my case, you know, Christy Smith, this is the third time around. Uh, this story for her over the next four weeks doesn't get easier or better. Uh, so she's she's you know she's struggling, and, and Pelosi's got a triage. She's she's basically in a position where, you know, she's got a, a several dozen 
incumbents who are facing tough races nationwide, and that takes a lot of money to uh, support those. And then so now you've got the, the option of continuing three of the most expensive races that you know have very low odds of winning or canceling them and, and, and using that money to support incumbents. And, and that's the decision that uh, Pelosi and her team have made. There are a lot of Republicans in the state that just never show up because they don't think that their vote counts. And so I think a lot of candidates have come together and they've started this hashtag, the GOTV, get out the vote. And they're trying to get people to make a plan. And I used to laugh at this. I used to say, oh, who needs to make a plan? Like, this is the wussification of America. But you really do. You need to make a plan to vote and you need to help your friends and your family members who don't know how to engage in the process or maybe they're confused by certain names on the ballot. You need to make a plan to help them vote as well because that's perfectly legal in the state. What are you recommending for people to do in that respect? Yeah, exactly what you said. I mean, this is what we've been spending the last uh, four weeks and the next four weeks uh, doing is just going out and making sure people are actually voting and not just Republicans, but conservatives who are, you know, disillusioned with the Republican Party. Those those are the, the ones we really focus on that showing them, hey, you know, when you win by 333 votes like I did, that your your vote does matter. Coming up, Dr. Oz looks at Pennsylvania. Stores are moving out of Philadelphia, change are departing. Suburbanites don't go into the city for dinner anymore because it's too dangerous. No, you're right. It's destroying us. When the Town Hall Review returns in just a moment. Grounded in our distinctive Great Books curriculum, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy prepares students for exciting careers in politics who understand the relevance of America's founding principles to today's policy challenges. From our Southern California campus, we've sent over a 1,000 alumni across America and around the world. The application period for fall 2022 classes has begun. Find out more at pepperdine.edu spp. That's pepperdine.edu spp. Welcome back to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. I'm Mark Davis sitting in, continuing our election coverage. Let's turn to the Senate. 2022 is a map that can look favorable to the Democrats. Democrats are defending just 14 seats this year. Republicans are defending 20 and looking at three retirements. So one race to watch, Dr. Oz and his effort to defeat the radical and struggling John Fetterman. Dr. Oz was on Hugh's show again with Morgan Ortegas. One of the interesting things is, is it appears, Dr. Oz, uh, that you are actually running against two people. You're running against Fetterman. Uh, but according to his wife, she's actually going to be the senator. She sort of implied that in an interview. Uh, help me understand what in the world was his wife talking about and um, who are voters voting for? Are they voting for you or, or do they have the choice between you or Fetterman or his wife? I mean, this is very odd statements coming from her. Well, I can't speak to what's going on in, in, inside the Fetterman camp because it's a black hole. Every question right. goes in, but nothing comes back out again. So we've been asking, for example, when I say we, the people of Pennsylvania voters have been asking for medical records to I, figure out what really happened to him when he had his stroke. Listen, I have tremendous compassion for him. I'm a heart surgeon, so I know about heart failure mm-hmm. and irregular heartbeats and strokes that can come from them. I know how challenging that is. But this is not about me or him. It's about the voters. They have a right to know what's going on in his body so they can tell if his wife is right or not. Is she going to be the senator or is he going to be the senator? And these are topics that he has continually ducked. The NBC interview that he did last week um, was, was awkward for a lot of folks. They had not really seen... Uh, what it was like for him to recover or where his current That's position right. was because he'd hidden it. 
But in that interview, he's asked 12 times about his medical records because it's obvious when you watch him that it's something that might be pertinent to voters. He refuses to answer. And he's hidden from voters because they haven't been able to ask him questions on the campaign trail, not taking a single question from a voter yet. He's not taking a question from That's the wild. media at any campaign stop. And he's delayed our debate until next Tuesday, which is preposterous because we're only a few weeks from the election. And the questions he has to answer, Morgan, are about his far left positions on the economy, on crime and on drugs. And I'll, let me just talk on crime for a second. It's the dominant topic in Philadelphia, Pittsburgh and other urban areas because we have the highest homicide rate ever in Philadelphia, the largest in any major city. And we also are, are facing a drug catastrophe. But with specific positions that Fetterman's taken, it seems like he cares more. He cares more about the criminals than sure. the innocent, the people that they've hurt. And when you, people hear that and they're frustrated because they feel their lives are in peril and stores are moving out of Philadelphia, chains are departing, suburbanites don't go into the city for dinner anymore because it's too dangerous. No, you're right. It's destroying us. You are talking about fentanyl often um, in on the campaign trail. And one of the most compelling things that I've seen you do is how you get on stage and ask people who here in the room uh, has lost someone to, to fentanyl. There, it, and it doesn't it doesn't matter about age. It doesn't matter about race. It doesn't matter about socioeconomic status. It affects everybody. Tell me what you're seeing on the campaign trail, Dr. Oz. Every single event that we do has at least one family that's been personally touched by fentanyl. And statistically, uh, the, the numbers have increased so much it's unfathomable. The state troopers who have endorsed me, as have the Fraternal Order of Police, because they really dislike my opponent for his, and his stance on drugs and crime, which I'll get to in a second, have reported this week that they confiscated seven times more fentanyl than they did two years ago. Seven times. Mm. We have an open border, as you know, with not just human trafficking, pouring across the border, but fentanyl, because the cartels, which are terrorist organizations, have been able to procure immense amounts of this inexpensive but lethal drug from China. We have not been willing to take a strong stance against China on their supplying of this toxic drug that's killing our kids, and we have not been able to close the border. Now, John Fetterman has said he wants an open border, he wants sanctuary cities, which makes it impossible for law enforcement to collaborate to stop down this this, uh, this, this illegal trade, but he also wants to legalize all drugs. I'm going to say that again. He wants to decriminalize mm -hmm. all drugs. Well, That's what crazy. that does, when you create heroin injection sites and all the things that go along with it, which he's advocated for, is you have a, a replica of what happened in Oregon this past year. They passed a rule, just like Fetterman wanted. There was a 40% increase in overdose death rates and a 50% increase in homicide rates. These numbers are stunning. We're not talking about small little changes. We are destroying the fabric of our society with these radical far-left ideas. Another race to watch. Blake Masters and his contest in Arizona with incumbent Mark Kelly. Masters joined Town Hall's Kurt Schlichter sitting in for you. Are you going to have the money to tell the voters in Arizona the Blake Masters story? And it's a compelling story. We are. You know, we, we have a few million uh, hard dollars to spend here in the last uh, six weeks of the campaign. So we've been spending taken some discipline but we've waited you know we've been fundraising we've waited till we can see the whites of their eyes and now we can so now i'm up on tv uh in in maricopa county biggest media market in the state and you know we've had about seven and a half million dollars in outside commitments just here in the last week or so this is outside spending super PAC spending and um you know we're not going to have as much money as the democrats but we don't need as much we have the luxury of just needing to tell the truth and when i get out there with this message 
that, hi, Mark Kelly lied to you. He promised to be a moderate, but actually he's just rubber stamping Biden's failed agenda. Well, it turns out Arizonans don't like that. They don't like paying too much uh, for gas and groceries. They don't like the wide open southern border, illegal immigration, sentinel. They're going to want to vote for a change here in November. That's what I'm seeing on the ground every single day. Looks to me like you're trending up. Do you have anything to let uh, to, to tell us about uh, uh, the future polling that we might be hearing about soon? I have reason to believe this race is neck and neck, definitely within the statistical margin of error. Maybe I'm down one. Maybe I'm down two. I actually don't think the pollsters, even the honest ones, can measure uh, the enthusiasm of the electorate, right? Because I know a lot of Republicans who are going to, thank you very much, not confess their whole political opinion to a stranger on the phone, not when Biden's on TV saying you're a fascist, you're a semi-fascist if you believe in supporting the police or if you believe in a border wall. But the trends are unmistakable here. We've tightened this race up. A lot of people said it couldn't be done. Uh, I think it's a jump ball at this point with the momentum in our favor. As to that Blake Masters momentum, a piece of that to watch is what we're seeing with independent women voters. I actually took a look at that on my program on 660 AM, The Answer in DFW. So independent voters are sort of self-identifying as neither a Republican nor a Democrat. It's always interesting to see where, where they tilt. They helped Trump win, to be sure. Uh, and what they were talking about last night on Laura with uh, with Stephen Miller, former Trump uh, uh, aide who was uh, who's now part of America First Legal Foundation, that there about a year ago, uh, women it, it, people who are women who listed themselves as independents, okay, women now, and women are more liberal than men. Mm-hmm. Uh, women vote Democrat more than men. Uh, it had gone from eighteen from leaning eighteen percent Democrat to leaning 14% Republican. It's like, what? And it is things like that, it is little data points like that that paint the way toward what what could be uh, just a a statement day, a statement made by this country that, and and listen, this and no statement lasts, you know, for 50 years. Everything is kind of a snapshot. And the snapshot statement of November 8th, 2022 may be enough. Enough. Coming up. What they're doing is is essentially destroying science. There's just there's no debate. There's no discussion. There's no platform to evaluate the, the study or specific concerns. Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo. When the Town Hall Review returns in a moment. This is Molly Hemingway. In 2020, millions of Americans experienced the most troubling election of their lives. That's why I wrote the book Rigged, how big tech, the media, and Democrats seized our elections. I write about Mark Zuckerberg's efforts to take over election operations in key states, how the coronavirus was used to force election laws designed explicitly to help the Democrat Party, and much, much more. It's now in paperback. Don't miss Molly Hemingway's book Rigged, how the media, big tech, and the Democrats seized our elections. Available wherever books are sold. Welcome back to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with our sponsor, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. I'm Mark Davis, filling in for Hugh today. 
For most of us, COVID was the first pandemic we've ever experienced, and pretty much every aspect of the governmental response has come under intense criticism, including the vaccine. Our ability to talk about that like we would any other potential medical treatment. Is it effective? What are the potential risks? Are they severe? Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo has spoken with candor when so many other public medical health officials simply have not. Joseph Ladapo was a guest of Charlie Kirk. I mean, we have a journalist we found who fact-checked you, who, again, might be a very sweet person, but she graduated in 2017 from Wayne State with a degree in broadcast journalism. Again, might be a sweet person, not trying to attack her, but this stuff is very, I mean, at some point you've gone through a rigorous, you know, life experience, and you put forward a study, and one of your tweets you put out, I really want to compliment you on because I love it. You said, Basically, look at all the wonderful discussion we're stimulating. Isn't it great that we can dis- discuss science transparently instead of trying to cancel one another? I'm going to respond to the more substantive critiques. I mean, you, you've been in the scientific realm your whole life. In the last two years, you've, pro- you've experienced something that I'm sure have just floored you and many others, which is it's not even a matter of discussing the studies or having dialogue. They just want to destroy you. Where does that come from? Well, that is a good question for those people to ask themselves. And unfortunately, considering we're entering our third year of this and they're still doing the same thing, I I don't think we can count on them to ask themselves that question. Ultimately, I think the root of it is fear. And whether it's fear of betting on the wrong course in terms of some of these really destructive policies and having to come face to face with that, that you made a mistake that has affected the lives of millions of people, for example, with these long school closures, or fear of losing some political battle that they think means something, or certainly they think means more than their integrity. I'm not sure, but it's certainly not coming from a place that you want to spend any time in, you know, it's coming from a place that has lots of sadness and misery and and other things like that. So let's talk about some of the specifics, especially in the last 48 hours, 72 hours that has really kind of, I don't know, lit the media on fire. You came out with a report where it said, and I'm just paraphrasing 84% increase in myocarditis or pericarditis or cardiac events for young men. Is that correct? That took the MRNA vaccine. Is that, is that right? Worse, worse. So the risk of myocarditis, which has been evaluated extensively by others is actually more on the order of 20 times, 30 times, sometimes even 40 times. So you're talking increases of in the thousands of percentage. So that's, that's kind of, that is well known. What we found that was novel that really got people very agitated. And by the way, not because we did anything special. I mean, the one special thing we did was just ask the question. That's what distinguished us from other people. But what we found was that there was an 84% risk increase in cardiac death if you're a young man and you take one of these mRNA shots. And it was only in young men. So it wasn't in young women. It wasn't in older women. It wasn't in older men. Actually, older men also had a risk increase of, it was more modest, maybe 10%, but they also benefited. So there was a lower overall mortality in that age group. So this was a finding that was unique to a specific population 
in the study. And, and it's consistent with a lot of the very tragic anecdotal evidence we've been receiving on the ground of unexplained you know, increases in, in cardiac struggles with young men. So, so if you Google your name, you know, I, I, I think the media has become so dishonest in more ways than one. They say this. They say medical experts reject Florida Surgeon General's COVID-19 vaccine guidance. Again, it's written kind of by that same kind of journalist posture we were talking about earlier. And then Washington Post experts slam Florida Surgeon General warnings on coronavirus vaccines. And so what, what do they mean by medical experts? That sounds so intimidating. It sounds so overwhelming. Is that how science works? You find five <laughs> medical experts and you could just throw studies away? They, they really, it's ironic because what they're doing is, is essentially destroying science. There's just, there's no debate. There's no discussion. There's no platform to evaluate the, the study or specific concerns. So if you've got department chairs who don't understand a study, but are so certain in their communication about whether that study does what it purports to do or whether you can have any confidence in its findings. That's how far off we are. Coming up, a breach of trust from our public school educators. The number one thing is recruiting the child into a certain worldview. When the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt returns, in a moment. Hey everybody, Charlie Kirk here. We've been working very hard on an amazing new docu-series called Border Battle. It chronicles the horrifying conditions on America's southern border. What you are going to see in Border Battle will blow your mind. It's amazing. First-hand interviews, incredible commentary, straight up on the front lines. We've worked very hard on this from Turning Point USA, and we are exposing the border crisis. Available exclusively on SalemNow.com. Produced by Turning Point USA. Available at SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. I'm Mark Davis. What a historic election cycle we find ourselves in. Yes, the economic issues are the main drivers and shapers of voter behavior, but don't miss the groundswell that's coming in the arena of public education and what's going on with the way our young people are being targeted. Take this example from an activist educator on TikTok. Kids as young as three and four are actually aware of their gender identity, even if they don't have the language for it. So very aware of who they like and who they don't like. Heterosexuality is pushed on our kids on a daily basis at a very young age. Media, through books, the first Disney movie that you saw. To say that pre-K through third grade are not ready for such topics is actually internalized homophobia and transphobia. They're very much ready for these topics and are way more accepting than adults when it comes to discussing these topics. We can talk about gender, gender assumptions, pronouns, all the things. And it is child development appropriate and age appropriate literally created as just another means to other queer people basically say that us existing is not normal miriam grossman has been tracking what's been going on in sex ed for well over a decade in 2009 she came out with you're teaching my child 
What? A physician exposes the lies of sex ed and how they harm your child. Dr. Grossman was a guest of my colleague Sebastian Gorka. That is an educator with blue hair who is saying, yes, infants, young children, three-year-olds, they have a sexual identity and uh, you can experiment and the transgender experimentation is a good thing. Can you explain or help us understand how this is growing like topsy? What, what is causing this explosion of people saying, young children saying, I identify as a man, a woman, transgender, whatever it is. I want to make one comment about the video that you just showed. I mean, there's a lot that I could say about it. I just want to say one thing. Your viewers should take note of how confident she is and how certain she is that she knows it all and knows better than you, the parent. Mm-hmm. This is very, very important because parents are being undermined uh, uh, by this movement, this transgenderism movement. And a central part of it is the undermining of parents. And the, you have to understand, you, you better know who the teachers are of your of your kids, because some of them may believe that they know what's good for your kids much better than you do. This is an ideological project. This has nothing to do with science or protecting children from STDs or helping them understand how to build meaningful relationships or avoid sexual you know, diseases. This is an ideological infiltration of not only schools, but the medical profession. Am I exaggerating the matter? Oh, not at all. You're not at all exaggerating it. And I would add this. It's not only that they are refusing to bring in more traditional views. Let's talk about the real science. Okay, a girl, um, a a young girl in adolescence or pre-adolescence who begins to explore her sexuality is automatically at high risk for uh, sexually transmitted infections, uh, emotional distress, and, you know, if she's a, if she's already in puberty, pregnancy. And, so, and ju- I, w- I would just say general psychological exploitation. Correct. And and so these people, it's not only an issue of values, it's it's health. It's actually what they claim to be putting first, what they claim to be all about the health and welfare of our children. That's not on the list at all. Yeah. The number one thing is recruiting the child into a certain worldview. Uh, Dr. Grossman, help us understand if it's not just hypnosis, if this isn't Jonestown and, and a cult of people being hypnotized, there is an underlying psychiatric or, or psychological phenomena. What these kids are being fed is a steady diet of of of, of um, if you have anything whatsoever that's bothering you and you don't feel like you fit in, you don't like yourself, you don't like getting your periods, you're not comfortable with the way your body's changing, um, you don't fit into masculine or feminine stereotypes, well, you might have been born in the wrong body. You might be transgender. And you need to explore that and you know, see what that's like, maybe change your name, change your pronouns, see how you feel when you do that. 
and they're put down this path, um, this this dangerous path toward a, a new identity that often ends in the those horrific photographs that you just showed. And the kids are led to believe that this process of changing their identity will bring them relief from all the emotional angst that they're going through. Which, which, is, which is, for so many children, part and parcel of puberty. Yes. Which is a, no, a normal state. I mean, you know, the, the hormonal angst and everything else. And then what happens? The, the, the promised answer, the, 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 the answer to it all that will give them happiness doesn't actually occur. And then we have what? Inordinate attempts at suicide by those who've gone through the process of attempting to, quote unquote, change their gender. Well, many of these kids, on top of having just typical teenage angst, they do have real psychiatric disorders. Many of them are on the autistic spectrum. Um, they have actual anxiety disorders, depressive disorders. They may be injuring themselves, cutting themselves, and they are really, really suffering and they need help. But when they, when they are pulled into this way of thinking that is really, they're being bombarded with it, like from every direction, and when they're pulled into it and they see that the, that the kids that are identifying uh, as non, you know, as they're, they're not identifying with their biology, they're rejecting their biology, those kids have a certain status yes. at school. And they are celebrated and they are considered very brave. And they're considered now to be in a marginalized, um, you know, community instead of being, uh, you know, an, an, an oppressor, a white, middle-class, privileged oppressor, they now can be considered part of uh, the oppressed group. That's also a big part of this, Dr. It's, it's, the, it's the fashionable. It's the trend. I am part of the quote-unquote victim group that is celebrated, and therefore I fit in now automatically in a way that I Coming never up. did. Coming up. There are many, many people that agree with me, but they're afraid to yeah. come out and say it. More with Dr. Miriam Grossman. In the final segment of the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Don Crow. This week in the Christian Outlook, sponsored by the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, with less than three weeks now to Election Day, the American electorate is animated in a unique way. You cannot come after people's children and expect that those parents and those communities are just going to sit on their hands and do nothing. We get an admission from Pfizer on the COVID vaccine. They weren't tested on transmission. And lessons learned. They were not false. They weren't conspiracy theories. They were true. Plus, the president extends the state of emergency. We'll look at what the government has been doing. Abusing emergency powers, defending the democracy and imposing radical transformation on society without the consent of the governed. We have all this and more. Be sure to join us and visit our website at christianoutlook.com. Welcome back to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. I'm Mark Davis. Dr. Miriam Grossman is a breath of fresh air in an environment where media elites and medical elites have made clear that they believe the only acceptable opinion in all this talk about gender identity is that gender transition should be affirmed and encouraged. Let's pick up on that conversation between Dr. Grossman and Sebastian Gorka. 
Are you very much alone amongst your peers in the medical sciences? I would say yes. You know, if, if you're looking like from a 30,000 feet up and you're looking at the large you know, scope of all the professional organizations, um, I would say yes. There are many, many people that agree with me, but they're afraid to yeah. come out and say it. I, guess I get a lot of emails from uh, colleagues in medicine and in mental health um, that that are just love what I'm. They're totally behind me, but they're afraid. And people need to know that. So when the American Academy of Pediatrics, for example, stands up and and just uh, regurgitates the party line about uh, gender affirming treatment and the only way to uh, to help a child who's gender confused is to put them on. Uh, you know, to change their name and their pronouns and put them on blockers, um, they say, they, they speak as if there's a consensus. There is no consensus whatsoever. Basically, we have evidence that there's there's only very, very poor evidence for uh, for all these treatments that they are um, claiming is, is the only path to go. They're saying there, there is no other choice for these kids. This is how, you know, that's what uh, uh, Dr. Levine from the Health and Human Services and uh, President Biden some months ago stood up, uh, you know, and told American parents that these gender affirming treatments are crucial. But actually, if you go to a website such as Society of Evidence-Based Gender Medicine, which is segm.org, you can find all the information that you need to understand why those individuals are wrong and you can understand that there is currently a debate that is raging, an international debate. And you'll, you can read about how in Sweden and Finland and, and uh, various other countries, Australia, New Zealand, Belgium, how uh, they're making a U-turn. We in this country are greasing the tracks and putting kids on a assembly line toward irreversible treatments that can leave kids disfigured and sterile. Whereas in those other countries, progressive countries, LGBT-friendly countries, they are putting a stop to it. And they're saying, hold on a minute, we don't have enough information. This could be dangerous. Look at all the, the people that are regretting these treatments. We're going to stop doing this now. Hey, thank you for joining us for the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. For the complete conversation with Dr. Miriam Grossman, go to townhallreview.com and sign up for a daily dose of the very best in talk radio. And while you're there, sign up for our podcast. Special thanks to executive producer Russell Shubin, producers David Pouchon, Michael Cook, Alex Perez, and let me say thanks once again to our sponsor, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. I'm Mark Davison for Hugh, wishing him safe travels and wishing you a great weekend. Thank you for joining us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.